Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Now on to another story. Again, this uh, dealing with uh, the, the the people living with disability, but this is particularly people with a disability who are immigrants in this country. And Noel Dangarembra is a person who did research uh, on the livelihood and the narrative study on the livelihood experienced of particularly Zimbabweans, but this is all encompassing immigrants uh, living with disability. And this time, he also focused on on people around Cape Town. No. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pimelo, and good afternoon to your SAFM listeners as well. L- let's talk about your your particular interest in, in this particular study that you did. Why did you want to focus on this? What's your connection to, to people living with disability or immigrants? Uh, I, I got acquainted um, to disability at the early stages of my life as I grew up in a family in Zimbabwe which had uh, people living with disabilities uh, that made up that family as well. So my interest in disability has been a lifelong um, interest. That's why I, that's, that's what motivated my study. What were you looking to find in the study? You wanted to, to check in on people living with disability. Um, you are saying that specifically Zimbabwean immigrants in the, in the, in the Cape Town area. What were you looking to find? Uh, apparently, um, after having done a little background research, I, I discovered that there was a positive of studies in uh, disability and migration. Uh, actually, the narrative is that is this assumption that persons with disabilities do not migrate at all. Mm. So I, I wanted then to seek to locate migrants with disabilities and uh, find out how they are pursuing their livelihoods considering that livelihood, uh, greener pastures relate to livelihood, better livelihoods, and that's what particularly motivates much of migration outside of conflict. What, when so I you... wanted to locate them and establish how then they are managing to experience their livelihoods. When, when they're looking for these greener pastures, is, is it more for medical reasons or just greener pastures in general, economic reasons? What, what was it at the center of what they see deemed to be greener pastures? Well, well what then happens is persons with disabilities are not immune to political and social economic uh, challenges faced in their source countries. Sure. Therefore, they are pulled, they are pushed out of those situations as a result of those political and socio-economic challenges because it is important to note that these persons with disabilities are also persons who are also family people who have children that they look after as well as many other dependents. So whenever they are faced with political and socio-economic challenges, they are driven out of their, uh, their comfort spaces and pulled towards, so their, towards uh, better opportunities. Their migration was essentially driven both by political and um, uh, socio-economic challenges. So their greener pastures were based on a stable political situation as well as uh, a a prospective better economic position that South Africa has compared to Zimbabwe. And and I dare ask, what's the outcome? Have they found that to be in South Africa has given them the greener pastures they were looking for? Uh, it, it is two-sided that uh, what they have now, they have found in South Africa, is 
better than what they then had in Zimbabwe, even though that is um, made up of a number of challenges. For instance, the identities that persons with disabilities have tend to disadvantage them because they have a multiple layer of identities that range from the migrant status itself, being an asylum seeker, uh, a refugee, and sometimes even un- undocumented as one identity. Then they also have an identity of being disabled. The nature of disability also is an identity that they have. The, 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 so they have quite a number of identities that are inferiorized identities mm-hmm. that pushes them to the peripheries of society. Therefore, the livelihood options that are at their disposal are limited that they end up having to, most, most of them end up have to, having to settle for begging as a livelihood, so as, as opposed to entering the formal labor market. Interestingly enough, I wonder if the fact that they are disabled, does it give them better access to civil society assistance or, or is not quite? Not quite, because um, from the study itself, uh, I gathered that they are not knowledgeable about most of uh, this, the civil society and its operation. That's for starters. And the civil society also is detached from migrants with disabilities. If you, I, I looked at uh, the United Nations Migration Agency World Report of 2018. It, it mentions women and children as vulnerable groups and does not even include persons with disabilities. It's completely silent on persons with disabilities. And they are not mentioned as a vulnerable group. So that is the biggest body of migration, and it does not even acknowledge the existence of disabled persons. And then when you look at disabled people's organizations that are present in South Africa, from from the narratives that I gathered, there is evidence that um, they tend to focus more on the locals rather than on migrants. Uh, in terms of accessing social services, they, they, they face challenges when they want to access probably, say, for instance, health facilities, receiving negative um, uh, reception from the nurses and the doctors or even other patients that will be present there. So that, 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 that access to social services civil society is still limited and uh, when it happens, it's not happening uh, to levels that persons with disabilities would expect. Would, would the organizational, if they if they were to group themselves and organize themselves, would that be of any assistance at all? It, it would be of greater assist, assistance because what they've done, especially the ones with visual impairments, They've organized themselves into a group where the activities and the livelihood activities they pursue, even begging, they've more or less unionized it so Mm. that they know what who is doing where, how they share their proceeds with the people they work with in a uniformed kind of way. But then what then lacks is that connection with institutions that can be able to to support and sustain them. Is, is, the, is there fear? Let me, let me put it that way. Is there fear to connecting with, you know, proper institutions? And, and, and part of the fear may be connected to the fact that some of them are undocumented and stuff. Is there that reluctance because they, there is fear? Uh, not necessarily. I didn't see an aspect of fear. What, I saw, what the, the study actually uh, showed was that they, they, they don't even have knowledge on how to document themselves. 
um, they, they don't even have knowledge on what is required for them to get into the formal labor market. This is not to forget that these are people who have skills that they have learned in vocational school. Others, Some others have even gone to university in Zimbabwe. But that, now then to navigate and to properly document themselves becomes a, remains a challenge. But fear actually is not really an issue. And from the evidence of the study itself, they tend to have a good relationship with law enforcement agencies, uh, the police. They, they, they haven't actually said anything that uh, negative uh, in terms of their relationship, even with the law enforcement. When the xenophobic attacks of 2010 happened, they actually got um, very good assistance from the police themselves. Really appreciate the time you've given us, uh, Noel Dangarembwa, who is uh, the person who put together a study looking at how the livelihood of people living with disability, immigrants, uh, particularly from Zimbabwe, living with disability, are coping within Cape Town. And uh, we'll make that available on our social media platform. Really, really interesting conversation. Both those conversations, by the way, will be available on a podcast. Uh, this one and the one before before that one with um, Smelelo Boltina, who is is a really an inspirational author and speaker on the rights of people living with disabilities.